My name is Josh Snyder, and you're watching Thoughtful Discussions, and I'm here with Deke from uh, Thoughts of the Bench, Two Beers Deep, and uh, you're kind of watching both of them right now. Yeah, so. so we're doing something fun today. We're doing a kind of like a crossover where he has a podcast. This is going to be posted on his. It's going to be posted on mine. I kind of got the home field advantage today, <laughs> but it's better we, here than my setup. It's nah. a better setup. <laughs> And uh, we're, uh, we're going to be interviewing each other. So I don't usually get to see uh, my side of the story shown too much. And today you'll get to be a little bit more, um, hear a little bit more about me, how I started out. And in relation to your podcast, you, you interview people based off of sports and yep. how they got into it, which actually uh, not a lot of people would know does play into my entrepreneurship and, yeah, and where it all got started. So. Um, let me start out and first off say thanks. Thanks for coming oh, out. Thank you for having me, man. This is like you were saying, this is definitely the first time I've been interviewed. Yeah. So it's definitely cool to see the other side of it. And I really appreciate it. Right on. It's fun. Uh, how did you get started and like what, what inspired you to want to do this? Yeah, man. So, uh, just like a little overview of it. We technically, yeah. uh, the overarching brand is thoughts from the bench and it yeah. was, um, basically made to kind of just get a bunch of content out for sports from friends of mine or anybody that just wants to do it for fun yeah um it's definitely passion project driven mm. so then the podcast came on because two beers deep because um and me and my buddy greg probably sat there with like a handheld mic for four months being like oh let's just keep practicing and eventually <laughs> eventually we'll do it man but no you know what it is it's just um i worked service industry for a long time mm -hmm. and when i got out of there and got the job that i have now like yeah. a day job i'd get home at 5 30 and I'd just be sitting there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it was just like something to do that I was passionate about and then trying to find your area in the creative market of Pittsburgh. I was like, yeah. all right, you know, sports. That's just where I, that's where I like to be. So it was cool. my comfort zone and, and jumped right into it. Awesome. That's sweet. Yeah, man. So let's talk about you. All right. How did you get into it, man? And then just, I do um, basically say, you know, how does it influence the fact that you grew up with some kind of athletic to where you are now? Right. So let's let's start with there. I mean, what did you do growing okay. up, and 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 who was your inspiration for whatever sport or athletic thing you were doing? Gotcha. So my background is that I'm I'm an entrepreneur, and I've been an entrepreneur. I, I'd like to say since I could remember. Um, my parents had a health food store okay. when I was a little kid, and uh, it ended up it failed miserably, and we ended up losing our house and like. It was, uh, I think I had an awesome childhood, but when I tell people about my childhood, they're like, how did you turn out normal? <laughs> and uh, tribute to my parents for you know, kind of holding it down and yeah, you know, they made sure that, that everything went all right, but there was some definitely some, some rougher times and like, uh, it, but it, it, in a good way, I think it, it built character and, yeah. and uh, it made my brother and I really strive for like, you know, what could we do to, uh, you know, there, there has to be something better than just working for other people. Yeah. There, there's, there was this internal drive that we always had. And, uh, my brother, John, he's two years older than me. I'm the youngest of five kids. Oh, wow. And so we, uh, we always just, we had a lot of free time and a lot of ideas. And, uh, when I was 12, I broke my skateboard Ooh. and I found, a, a, a the first one was a, a two by four and I, I, carved a nose out of it oh, wow. with a jigsaw and I put a kicker on it and I put my old pair of trucks on there and uh, we called it pencil skateboards. I put grip <laughs> tape on it and we ended up like, I Which is like a two by four. It was a two by four. Wow. We ended up making it a one by four and we like sanded it down better. 
but like the wheels were on the side and it like sticked out and it looked funny and people loved it like uh we had uh it was when the internet was first like accessible yeah. i mean this, when i was 12 i'm 31 now so it was it was a bit of time ago we had there was this uh like our our website was probably you know something.com slash 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 <laughs> like and we put that on flyers we're like go to this website it's at least 50 characters <laughs> long but you'll All get the there and you'll be able to see what we're doing wow. and uh we had a skate team so no I, was, I was making these and i was giving them out to my friends and we were taking pictures and making videos you were hustling from the start oh dude. yeah you were grinding that. we were wow and i did that i did that until i was about uh 16. we wanted to open up a skate shop we found this little skate company that um they were called diarrhea diarrhea skateboards <laughs> and they were um they were in orange county which is where i grew up in southern california oh, okay. and they uh they let us buy stuff wholesale um we were you know kids starting out but my mom had the my mom had a a, a seller's permit for for doing stuff because she did like um flea markets and stuff okay so it was kind of under her uh, umbrella okay. so you took the so, license yeah and were able to she, they were like yeah that'll work and and so we were able to come in and, and kind of buy stuff and and do whatever and uh huge shout out to them because they just saw like a couple kids that wanted yeah. to like <laughs> get something fresh and they're like all right we can we can kind of work with that and finagle and they were they were super cool and we we ended up going to the local swap meet and setting up and this is when i probably should have learned a lot more about branding <laughs> and um hindsight 2020 there right we uh we only had a couple things like we had one or two pair of trucks we had one skateboard we had wow. like it wasn't like it wasn't anything big but we were just like we want to do our thing and uh, a friend of mine was making longboards and you know another friend had t-shirts and so we were just like all right we're gonna do it and uh and we wanted i our big thing we wanted to start a record label okay which i don't know why <laughs> like we, i think everyone did at one point right in life. my brother and i were were interested in music and um i was in i was interested in making t-shirts like i said when i was 12 i was making the skateboards but i would do stencils on, on t-shirts and i would you know spray paint on and all my friends had t-shirts and it was it was just a, a thing that, that we just were constantly kind of pouring into. Do you still have any of the T-shirts? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Just say like a little memento type of yeah. like what were you? I My mean, brother's really good at that stuff. Really, he probably does. Yeah, <laughs> he probably framed and put it up right on the wall. <laughs> right. Um, so we were we were from from the get we were we were um, definitely on the entrepreneur end. I wanted to do the record label. The record label wasn't really feasible we i well, i ended that interest you was it the recording or the actual performing or just the being a manager type of it because a record that's a lot like to, yeah. to, to say you want to do right. that what part of it really drew you to it uh we wanted to make the products okay um that was that, for some reason that was like um oh i could i could make i could burn cds i could get a duplicator i could i could <laughs> do this or that and i could i can make the production for some reason always and i don't mean like technical production like the actual audio yeah. i just mean the physical like i can make get I a machine that, that does this thing and so when i was 16 i started working at this screen printing shop it was just a local um city screen printing shop and they were great they taught me how to print like legitimately screen printing and um and i learned how to use a dark room and actually shoot film and all sorts of like th this place was 30 years old when i got when i went there so they definitely they were in the third generation deep and they 
they knew what they were doing they had a lot of old school stuff so i was able to to glean from their years of knowledge and at the same time i was buying some of my own equipment and doing that at home yeah and uh that's when you know we at one point we had 12 bands under our record label really? and all that meant was we were printing our name on the sleeve and giving it to him for basically free <laughs> yep. and like if you squint and shake your head you could see their band name because we weren't <laughs> that good at it and uh and people loved it though people loved what we were doing we were doing it in my my dad's garage thank wow. my dad he was he was super supportive and he was just like yeah go ahead do your thing and um and we went from there when i was 18 i quit that other print shop and I started working for, for myself full time. And that was when the entrepreneurship really started. Yeah. Uh, granted, I didn't have a ton to lose. I was still living at my dad's house. The car That's I had didn't have a car though, payment. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, I was 18 and it was just, I just had this drive to, to want to do something. And we, we were on MySpace early. <laughs> we were within the first million users. If you remember MySpace, you you could wow. you could um you could change your and I, I know I'm getting really deep no into I love this, my yeah like, no keep going <laughs> I love this um if if you remember MySpace you could change your profile but you had to know your 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 ID yep um seven five seven nine six nine was ours so <laughs> and I know that because I punched it in a million times for different things and uh, and it was we were so we were within the first actually three quarter you know yeah. like uh, seven hundred thousand. And so we were up there before they let you change your top eight. It was it went by how when the user was in there. So like wow. there was Rock the Mullet, Tila Tequila, all those people that were <laughs> Dane Cook that yeah. were originally in, you know, early signups that wow. had a ton of friends. So we ended up with sixteen thousand friends within our first like couple of years of this little screen printing business. We were doing it in our garage, but we were always taking pictures and yeah. like like we were we didn't know what we were doing, but we were just like, hey, we could leave comments on things. We could be friends with people. We could do this. And so it just became this this thing. I would do the T-shirts, and then I would do the, the social media stuff. And I, I had no idea what I was doing, and I yeah. didn't realize how big of an advantage that was giving us. Uh, but people were just always flooding in with, like, hey, can I get a quote? Can I get some T-shirts? Let's do that. And so after three years of being in my dad's garage, we moved out, got a little place, and um, did that for a couple years. It grew. We got a bigger place. We got an automatic press. Holy crap. And here I am, 22 years old, getting a loan for like 60K from family. And they, uh, they helped me out. And I, we, we bought this gigantic machine that, that prints, teach, you know, that, that does pretty much all the work for you. Yeah. And we built this thing. And, it, you know, it did okay. But we definitely, it, it, it was bigger than we were yeah. at that point. And it was a huge learning experience to see what all we didn't know yeah and it was like okay we went and, and put ourselves in a position where we have to make half a million a year and we're making a quarter of that and um we're not you know we're not doing exactly what we want to do we don't have the sales behind us at that point i didn't know really about sales yeah and i didn't know um you know we were our threshold up until that point was just take what all the work that's coming in and we didn't really have to go out for anything and then once we got to the point where we passed that, uh, it was, it was uh, uh, we didn't know what to do. We just tried to keep it going for as long as we could. And then we ended up selling it to someone. And um, it's still running today. Wow. So he's actually expanded on it. He was doing it in his garage for a few years. 
So he had a cu good customer base. By the time he added on to ours, it yeah. just blew up. And a lot of his customers were ready for that kind of scale. Yeah. And so it worked perfectly for him. And he even said, he's like, he's like, man, we should have done this a long time ago. We could have <laughs> all just partnered up and like been able to glean off of yeah. this big one thing. And, uh, and so I'm really proud of that. I'm I'm, I go out, every time I go out to California, I go and see him, see wow. the shop. What's and it see called? What they're doing. It's called No Division Screen Printing. Okay. And yeah. that's the original name? Yep. Wow. That's unbelievable, and, man. Jeez. <laughs> thank you. And, uh, I mean, it was, it's, it's super fun. I, I miss the customers. I miss, I miss Southern California for, you know, obvious reasons, but the people out here in Pittsburgh really make the difference. Yeah. And I moved out here. Um, I have, I have family. My mom was from, oh, okay. um, from Pittsburgh. What part of Pittsburgh was she from? Uh, she was from Mount Lebanon. Very cool. And, uh, I have two brothers, my closest brother and my oldest brother are both out here in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Sure. And so we all moved out here. And it, it's been a super fun experience. How and long ago was that when you moved out here? Um, I moved out here in 2011. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, so it'll be seven years this summer. And the first couple of years, I was just kind of getting my footing. I didn't, like, I knew I still wanted to do entrepreneurship. Yep. I went and I worked for probably four different screen printing shops. Uh, I worked for a pizza place, which I had never done before. <laughs> I, uh, I, went to, I went back to school, so I dropped out of 10th grade and, wow. uh, and did all that. And then got my GED kind of later, and then, um, and then I, I went and started taking some college courses when I was in California, and then a couple when I was when I was here, and it's just been kind of like a fun ride. But two years into it, I was just like, you know, what am I what am yeah. I doing here? I don't obviously don't want to be working for anyone. I know my value. I know that I can get yeah. things. I was able to take some time and reflect on what I did wrong, what I did right, um, having the partnership especially with family. I mean, sometimes it's not always great. And, you know, there were weeks where it, you know, we were making 40 bucks a week and we were putting in 80 hours. Yeah. It was like, it was, it, it was didn't add up right. <laughs> not the right way. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and being able to do something on my own, uh, gave me the freedom to kind of just like not have any roadblocks. You yeah. know, I did things exactly the way I wanted to. And I was, I was able to, and, you know, having six, seven years of experience as a, you know, mid twenties made it so that I could have a pretty successful start. Well, it's, it's funny that you, I mean, the first thing you notice when you move here or whatever it is, the people, because you're like the epitome of a Pittsburgh guy, <laughs> but you weren't even born here, but you just end up here, man. Cause it's literally seeing right. like, and I mean, I'll see you out at events and, and different things like that. And just the people that are a core group of the change of Pittsburgh all have your same mindset of Absolutely. look, man, I am, this is my worth. Yeah. I'm going to go get my worth Yep. and I, I'm not going to accept anything less. And I think right. that's such a, that's such a culture. Um, mm. so for you to, to see that in the people and have that on your own, it's, right. it's just funny to hear. Cause then you come out here and obviously, you know, you're <laughs> successful right now and this, I'm sure yeah. this is what you want to be doing. Absolutely. You're your own boss and it's right. what you love, man. That's, that's unbelievable. But the, the culture of Pittsburgh, um, is just wake up, do your work, go have fun, go to mm -hmm. sleep, mm -hmm. wake up, do it again, man. And people love it. Absolutely. And that's something that, that, uh, really turned me on to Pittsburgh and even like the creatives and the culture mm -hmm. and everything. It's the, the, there's a blue collar mentality of like, do work. Yeah. Like you are respected here because you do something. And even if you work at a job, like that's totally respectable, yep. but you do something and it's, it's very driven into everyday culture of just like work, work, work. And not to not to just work and be busy, but to do something that you're proud of. Yeah. And that's that's something that 
in to to live in a culture that's like that opposed to southern california southern california is materialistic i got my first taste of it last week yeah okay okay so as a i love visiting yeah i love going to to (laughs) hang out and i could see some old friends and i could catch a glimpse of the weather i was there two years ago and it snowed the entire time i was gone oh yeah i was so thankful i'm like yes take that snow (laughs) you know where to put it and it was uh it was a lot of fun because it was sunny and it was 70 and in wearing shorts and a t-shirt everyone back comes in parkas right (laughs) and so it's a good little break it's a good refresher and you know the beach is nice and like it is it's a beautiful beautiful place but the it turns your the people into this you know like everyone's kind of clawing at at the walls to get to the top and and it's um even the people that are your closest friends they still need to get to the top too and they need to be able to keep their head above water water and like it's it's just so crazy that realizing you know if i ever want to own a house i'm not going to do that in southern california yeah and it's it's just not going to happen i mean maybe i can go back to that someday if i wanted to i don't i don't really have that desire right now but it would be you know after you got to make it somewhere else yeah and then get there and i I don't know that's that's something that i like i don't i don't strive for that yeah so i agree 100 percent. but on the other hand though something positive is it did make you as an entrepreneur it made you have to promote in insane ways especially with like guerrilla marketing and like we were always in print so between t-shirts i i mean i had a little like copier it wasn't we never really offered paper printing when i was there but we had access to you know being able to get stuff and get stuff wholesale and and whatever so um we would make flyer we threw events and we you know we threw See, I think that kind of stuff's the funnest, though. It is. Like, like just is. you know that if you put the work in at this area, yeah. it'll come back and it'll pay off. Um, right. And after you have the event or whatever it is, you just sit down and you go, okay, it's over. That was good. That was fun. Now let's reap the benefits of it. Right. We would uh, – I'd put handbills – like, I'd go to Warp Tour – and I'd go in the porta potties, and I'd put handbills in the toilet paper. So when someone grabs <laughs> toilet paper, like like stuff that you, you just, just like printed the toilet paper <laughs> and just completely taken the old toilet paper out and put yours in. <laughs> got to be quick. The most aggressive just, marketing of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous because you can't not be handed a flyer and yeah. you're not expecting it, and then you're on the toilet and you're like, well, I might as well read. Might this. as well read it. And um, but there was there was definitely some different things that we did that were aggressive that were. Um, you know, in, in a good way, I think that, that we, we had to kind of think outside the box and do this. We started, um, we wanted to advertise in this music magazine, which is no longer around now. It was called Scratch Magazine. And it was, it was for Southern California, it was like the coolest thing yeah. that you could get. Wow. And we, we wanted just a small little like eighth page ad and they were like 400 bucks. And we were like 400 Ooh. bucks. We could start our own magazine for <laughs> that. Of course. Yeah. So we did. <laughs> And, um, and this was probably, we were still in our garage, but it was towards the tail end of that. Okay. We had no idea about advertising. We had no idea about selling ads or putting a publication together or distribution or anything like that, but we liked it. And we we were just like, all right, we'll run with this. And every issue had ads for no division. So it Uh, was, it was like, well, we'll push this thing. It'll be fun. It'll get our foot in the door to other things. And we'll use that, which is kind of how I'm using the podcast now. Yeah. And, you know, people see the podcast and they, they want to know a little bit more about what it is that I do or what it is that that's going on here in Pittsburgh. And then once they see 
you know, I don't really promote the business mm -hmm. much through it, but once I, I do want people to get to know me, get to know what I'm doing and, yeah. and how I do it. And then once they see that and they could dip in a little bit further, then they could see the business. Then they could see well, behind especially the scenes. when you own the business mm -hmm. and you are the guy at the business, it's not even so much like you, you do quality work, you have quality things, but it's more the quality of the person. Absolutely. Like if I see someone that owns Absolutely. a store, I will go to them 10 times out of 10 if I enjoy them. Absolutely. Like everything like that. And it's, it's good that you kind of realize that and see that through because right. you get a lot of people that are like, I want to start my business. I'm like, I would not buy a toothpick from you, man. <laughs> like, um, so it's good that you, you, you let people, you want people to know you first. And that's, right. I mean, all of the podcast stuff and the YouTube, that's the best way to do it because mm -hmm. you just see it and then you know that, I mean, if just you interviewing, I know that I can go up to you at an event and just talk to you. Right. Like, you're not going to be cold about it because you have people sitting on a table in your <laughs> shop. Like, you're going to be talkative. So that's good, right. man. And I think that sells the business um, so much harder just to be a good person and to have right. good values Absolutely. and to want to do good work. Absolutely. Um, I have a lot of entrepreneurs that kind of come up to me. And yeah. so now that – so this business is almost four years old. And so that will put me right around 10, 11 years of – small business ownership as an entrepreneur for 31 there's not a ton of people that have that yeah you know range and i try to use that for as much as much good as i can especially when people are coming in and the first thing you need when you want to start your own business is business cards and even if you all you have is your name and you're still figuring out the rest that's the first thing you want yeah. oh i gotta get some business cards i had this idea let me see how it looks on print yeah and so people come in oh i'm doing this thing and if if i could take a minute and i can if, if i like what you're doing and if i like you i'll try to see if i can get a little bit more of, of their time and and hear a little bit more about them and if they're open to it which is something i've learned more <laughs> uh if they're open to it give my advice and give yeah. give some some of my experience and, and explain kind of how how i've done things and how you know they can use other things to their advantage mistakes that i've made that they don't have to make and uh and i i i love the business i love the people i work with yeah. i love the customers i love i love print um that's just always something that's kind of been in my blood is just like manufacturing things and like it's it's a lot of fun for me but the sales sales didn't start to get fun until this business where i i i saw i saw the advantage of having the numbers and making them yeah. grow and building on that and having something that when we sold that business, I learned, so I was in that business for in, in Southern California. Yeah. Um, and being 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 in a business where you are, are the top. If someone has a problem, they are coming to you. Yeah. They are yelling at you. <laughs> they are threatening you. All of these things at that age, I thought I learned so much. I thought I was so strong and I thought I was not to be full of myself, but I, I thought that I had the experience, the customer service experience and, and, and I could usually turn things around and make people happy. Um, but until I sold my business, I had no idea how much the business was actually worth yeah. until you go through that. You talk to the SBA, you show them your numbers and they tell you, you're like, I'm gonna get three hundred thousand for this business, and they're like, your business is worth fifty-eight. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Yeah, it's still it's money. Better it's than still nothing. Money. <laughs> um, so there's this like pie in the sky idea that you're like, oh, I'm gonna make all this money, and yep. like, this is what this business is worth to me. But it, it, if if the numbers aren't there, the numbers aren't there. Yeah. And so, 
now you can take a business, you know, that's kind of the same thing. And all right, now how could I, f learning from that, how could I focus on these numbers? How could I, what is it, um, you know, that, that sells, what doesn't, what should I focus on? What, you know, um, like, what are your bigger margin things? What, and the sales, I mean, the stuff pretty much sells itself. Yeah. The biggest thing I tell people is do good work and the rest comes, yeah. but document it too at the same time. So social media is huge. If you watch Gary V, document, document, yeah. document, and everything that you do, you know, you could have a step. When I first started out, I was in my apartment and then I was in this little art studio and uh, for this business. And I posted a photo every order I had. Yeah. So that was once, twice, three, four times a day. People probably thought that I was super busy. <laughs> I wasn't. I always hate the term, but fake it till you make it. <laughs> fake it till make you it make look it, like, man. I always hated it, but it's, I mean, it rings true I sometimes. mean, I just wanted to show off what I was doing. Yeah. I was proud of my work. And honestly, like, it was a lot of fun for me and seeing the response. And when I started out, the, the opportunity I had was I became a stay-at-home full-time dad. And I had to do that. There was no choice there. I wanted to do entrepreneurship yeah. again. I finally, you know, after having a couple of years and getting connected and knowing people, Pittsburgh is a very warm city. It's very easy to meet people. It, it kind of sometimes because it's so connected, it's hard to kind of get in. But once you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Once um, you're in, you're in. For you're, good. you're totally in. And uh, and the people are, are very warm and the people are very um, they want to try you out. It's a unique stretch of, mm -hmm. of people that go to the networking events and everything like that. And it's mm -hmm. so. Um, interesting for me because you get a lot of guys that are doing the same thing. Right. I mean, let's even talk about podcasting. Mm. Like you and mm -hmm. I, we just talked and we're like, oh, I have one too. Like, um, so many people are like starting mm. or have had or do have a podcast, and I don't think anybody wishes ill will on their competition. No, not like, at all. I want not at all. everyone to succeed that's doing what I do so that I can succeed too. Right. Um, and you get a lot of that with with the people. Um, just starting their own businesses. I mean, look at the city, all the photographers in the city. Right. None of them have ill will on each other. It's, no. hey, I'm going to try and get a better picture than you, but make sure you're out in the morning to get a good picture too because when I beat you, I want you your best. Right. It's, it's a culture <laughs> that I enjoy because it's not, um, like it's not cutthroat. It's not negative. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's a positive competition no matter your platform. And so right. it's so different than... And then when you get more than what you can handle for yourself, you bring other people in. Yes, yeah. And, they, and people are willing to help. Like right. that was the coolest thing about... Um, just seeing people work in their own business and then I see people collaborate. Like I saw right. Ben Petrol on here before and I've yeah. known Ben for a couple of years. Um, Metro was on, I saw yep. and, and art like us, like just guys that I see around at a block party or something like that. And, uh, yeah. and everybody wants to be involved in everyone else's stuff in a good way, which Ab is so awesome for the city. Absolutely. It's a, it's it, to transfer that into print. I mean, there's a print shop that I work with that's a mile away there's a print shop i work with that's 10 miles away and there's another one that's 30 miles away Jeez. and th we all do something different yeah and there's a reason you know i may not want to buy this machine that costs 10 grand they have it they'll let me use it um and it, it just makes sense not to to have that for myself or not not to have it yet and you know and let that product kind of build and then once there's enough demand for it then i can get yeah. that machine <clears throat> but it's it's a, it's amazing how, you know, there are some print shops that the, the you know they see it's a little too close for comfort and they they want nothing yeah. to do with you, and then there's other ones that are like yeah, yeah like you're not there's there's no competition like we're far enough away or we do something different enough yeah and it's just uh, there's there's kind of enough work for everyone 
we're all just trying to get our work back from like the online re- retailers. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 we're not <laughs> all we're in not it together over the exactly, internet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and we are competitive. Uh, people don't realize that you know we can we can turn out product. We could either turn it out quickly, or if you give us as much time as you would take for someone online, we can be competitive on yeah. that price. And uh, it, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of work with the customers and and see what it is we can do. I always give an option. Like people, people come in and, and printing is probably one of the worst industries where people have some absurd <laughs> idea. I need a They're 3D like, business card that flies through the window. And I need it in an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so there's always something that we can do. Yeah. Whether it's w- exactly what they want or we might bring them down to a little more realistic expectation. Yeah. Ease them to the and, surface. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, this is what we can do right now. This is what we can do later. Let's kind of work on, yeah. let's do both of those and, and kind of work on that and, and get it there but it's it's a it's a great culture what's the what's the funnest project to date you've done and i know you probably had a lot of fun with like right um t-shirts and cali or doing your own thing right. but what's like the project that it was either something super crazy hard that when you were done it was great or just yeah. like something that you did that you're like wow that was awesome and you have mm. some of it left over because it was cool there's a couple um in this last year we were we we did uh we did a lot of work for thrival the innovation okay. event yeah and there were these like eight foot tall pillars of core plash that were, they were like triangle and like we had to figure out how we were going to cut them and glue oh, them. That's awesome. and they, they ordered 20 of them. Um, they were, they were my biggest order to year, like to date. Um, they, they came in and they, you know, they knew exactly what they wanted yeah. and they, they, this is, the, that was their third event. They were great people to work with. They knew their budget. They knew what they could have and they just went down the list. These are all the things that we want. What's the price? I gave them the price. Couple of days later, we went and had a meeting. They crossed everything off, and you know, came with, up with a budget. Figured out exactly how it was going to go. Then it was just artwork, and then wow. get the production done. It was a lot of fun just to be able to like have that big of a project, yeah. but have it managed so well that we can just bang it all out. Yeah, man. And then that same week, the next week, um, I matched in sales between like ten other customers that same amount. So it was wow. like it was incredible to see how much how much production I could do at yeah, like man. what's my, and I wasn't even at my max then. And then we moved into a bigger space. And so now we could definitely afford to do more. Yeah. Um, uh, another project was uh, Mars Jackson, his, his vinyls. Uh, we, we just made 50 of them. We didn't make the actual vinyls, um, but th- we got, we got everything, the, uh, you know, the, the case and the, the vinyl and everything mm-hmm. it's, it's all done but we're making a booklet and we put a sticker on it and we're shrink wrapping it and we're doing this, no uh, all this other stuff and there's an insert. And so we get to, you know, we did 50 of them. They got shipped off to Australia, but there, there was just a show and, and now it's going to be coming out in April. Wow. And so we're going to get all those in soon. And, and I like, I, I have one over here that, you know, there was an extra and, <laughs> and it's like, that, that one's mine. Yeah. Gonna keep that, Why but. do we have 51? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> It was uh it was that was definitely a That's fun project awesome. to work on. I I almost like charged close to nothing for it because yeah. I wanted it so bad. I'm like <laughs> let me do this thing. I want to do this thing. Uh, booklets are a lot of fun to work with. People don't realize that how much is involved because it's like, "Oh, I want 100 booklets, but I want it to be an 8-page booklet." Yeah. Like, well, 100 booklets, 8 pages like that's 800 pages yeah. and you have to put it together <laughs> and theory, it doesn't collated. sound that bad, but right. it is. <laughs> no, but they're a lot of fun to do. And especially uh, if it's like art books, photo yeah. books, stuff like that. A lot of fun. I work with a uh, dirty uh, D U R T Y. He, uh, he has a lot of art shows okay. and, and does stuff. 
he uh, he does photo booklets and and art prints and stuff like that. We work with uh, Red Fishbowl, which throws a lot of local curated mm-hmm. shows, and uh, a lot of the artists come here and get their prints done. Oh, that's we awesome. love working with that. Uh, so, I mean, there's no one thing w- when you when you when you give some when you do the production and you're like, okay, I think this is good, but you're always you're always open to that criticism. Yeah, and it may not be anything that you did. It might be that they had just had a different idea. They thought yeah. the co- color would come out different. They thought the paper might be different, whatever that may be. When you hand something to someone and they love it, <laughs> that is the feeling. The best like feeling in the world, yeah. And you're like, oh, man, I made something and you love it. Yeah. This is fantastic. Let's do this again. Wow. So it's it's definitely – and it just feeds into it. And then the people that we, we have working with us, mm-hmm. you know, they, they get to, to see the culture. And, like, if you come in here and you're, you're here for a week – you'll see exactly how much of Pittsburgh comes through these doors <laughs> every day. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's amazing that we get to be kind of at that forefront. We're in the background, but we're also, you know, we're, we're in the beginning stages of what, how everyone starts before they get to the point where they're at their booth mm-hmm. or, you know, doing whatever they're doing. We're there behind them, pushing them, doing whatever we can to make them do the best once they get there. And you really, so. you're giving the creative community like a way to get their idea out there mm-hmm. which is so cool and it's not really what you would think about because you're like all right so if mars uh yeah love the dude he was on two beers deep and he yeah. killed it um if mars has an idea for an album and he comes out with the album art everyone's like oh that's awesome and no right. one like even thinks about all the time sweat that went into the preparation right. and everything like that right and then uh th- that feeling's got to be so great because like there's so many people that will have their art shows or they want their pictures up and they're like, oh, I, I can't do that. Right. You know, they get to come here they right. get to, and then you get to be a part of that project. And that's exactly. so cool. Um, so backtracking a little bit, I want to yeah. hear like in just the entrepreneurial mindset, like you obviously have that yeah. before we even talk about athletics and skateboarding, sure. but I know <laughs> that skateboarding for me, like I never yeah. skateboard. I, was, yeah, yeah, I yeah. used it as a luge going down my driveway. Fair. Um, I think we did that a couple of times. <laughs> but I had a friend that was, he was, um, semi-pro for a little while and sponsored and he would just talk he's like it's not even competition about me versus you it's about i need to get this trick down and i think that's so different than every other sport because it's not i mean if you see a bunch of guys skating they're all just skating together right if you guys see guys playing basketball it's a basketball game if you see football you know it's a competition that is like oh you can hit that trick do it again um i mean how is that different for you how does that get you did that i mean obviously helped in the entrepreneurial mindset but you've already had that but where does that fill in for you so skateboarding was, so um, I was homeschooled from second grade on, and I, my mom was a, a bit of a pushover, and we would, once we hit maybe 12, 13 years old, my brother John and I, we would just go skate. Yeah. And she'd be like, oh, you need to get your schoolwork done. And we'd be like, yeah, <laughs> but we went and skating for six <laughs> yeah. hours. And she's like, well, I guess that's six hours of PE. Yep. And so she was just kind of like, oh, we'll let it slide. You'll do more later. And we were always like, yeah, later sounds yeah, great. Yeah, later's great. <laughs> and, uh, and we did that for a few years, and we just just kept skating all the time. And I was never really great at it. Yeah. Like, I, it, it, I couldn't say that it was something that I was, like, awesome at. We, we built a half pipe in our backyard. No way. That was fun. I never got air. Like, I never. <laughs> Doing backflips off may, the top. <laughs> I, I may have got to the coping a couple times, but, like, it was more just fun. And then, like, our friends would go on it, and they'd actually do good. And we're like, oh, sweet. This is fun. <laughs> and, um, but going, like, we live 13 miles from the beach. and Which beach we, was it? Uh, was it? From Huntington Beach. Huntington, okay. Yeah. And so we would skate 
to the beach, wow. uh, which was a pretty decent skate. We usually like take the bus back or get a ride. Yeah, I was gonna say thirteen miles um, is a lot. Yeah, when you're not biking or in a car. <laughs> but they had skate parks down there, which now there's more skate parks around everywhere. But like back then, that the skateboard parks were at the beach. Yeah, and there was, um, you know, there was this one skate park, and it was right by the skate shop where the, a pro that. You know, he owned the skate shop, so we'd always want to go in there and like check it out and see if he'd be there. He never was, but who was it? What um, it was the uh, the owner of Darkstar, Chet Thomas. Okay. Yeah. I was sad. Pretty much only know guys that were in Tony Hawk games. Okay. Like it's a. It's no, he was. In, <laughs> what year was he? He was definitely in there. Oh really? Um. And yeah, he was. Uh, he was real technical. He'd be. Um, I hope I got that name right. That was a long time ago. <laughs> we'll edit it in if it isn't. Like, <laughs> um, we we he, biked from Marina Del Rey to Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. So many people skateboarding at the mm. park in there. Mm-hmm. It was odd. Like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, these guys are actually really good. Like, yeah. I stopped my bike. My girlfriend's two miles down there because she kept going. And I'm like, that guy just, he did like a flip. Like, holy crap. <laughs> Some no, ballsy guys in there. Yeah. No, there's people that are amazing. And yeah. I and I think that that was part of the experience, too, is just being able to, like, see that, be around it. Um you know, work with, I mean, at the time it was just other kids that wanted to do their thing. And, uh, we had this wholesale hookup for like grip tape and trucks and stuff that our friends would buy off of us. And we just kind of did our thing and and had fun with it. Have you skated at all recently or when's the last time you were on board? Oh man, that's a good question. (laughs) No, definitely not in the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? There's a there's a little skate park down in Cannesburg. Oh, really? I got on I got on with some friends, um, DNA Skateboards. Okay. Uh, they they they're at skate parks all over all over Pittsburgh, and they uh, they gave me a board and they were like, oh, go for it!" And I, like, <laughs> I made a fool of myself yeah. for like ten minutes. I'm like, "All right, I'm done." But That's it was still awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a physically demanding thing. It absolutely is. Man. I mean, the balance is fun. Like, I could do, you know, some basic things, maybe some more old school things. Yeah. Um, that were, uh, you know, not as fun to watch than, <laughs> as they are to do. But Who's your idol skateboarding? Who, who uh, did you watch growing up? If you've ever seen um, Animal Chin Mm-mm. or anyone watching, if if you know, you know. I mean, it's it's – I think Tony Hawk was probably 16 – Oh, in wow. it, and it was I mean there were uh, Steve Caballero uh, and he was young and it was the the Powell Peralta gang like all of it was was there and it was just like all these guys that ended up being super great yeah um, later you know when I when I was a kid they were in their 40s and 50s and so when I was watching that video it was so old but it was so fun like yeah. it was made in the 80s and uh, and the idea was there was this this Chinese guy and he was you know, uh, you know, some sort of figure that was, you know, you were, they were trying to find him. And so they went all over California. They went over to Nevada and they were just skating the whole time, San Francisco. Um, they, I think that it, wow. it actually started in Hawaii and they were searching for animal chin. And then at the end they realized that he is inside of all <laughs> and, uh, he's the spirit of I what makes us that. all I do. Yeah, that. no, it's a good, it's That's a good awesome. storyline. Wow. It, it teaches you a lot about the culture and like, you know, how, how it all, kind of happened and yeah big shout out to that and tony oh, hawk was yeah. like he was the coolest kid or oh. the coolest guy when i was a kid mm-hmm. like ever and no one i mean i think it's always funny to look at skateboarding because like i right. said i don't do too much but like 
what it did for like the guys from um from jackass and things like right. that like for for the culture of skateboarding is mm-hmm. so it, like amazing like right. for me for someone on the outside yeah. that played like a sport or something like in, in high school i'd see the guys that were skating and they would just be sitting there chilling and doing it but then you watch like the tv shows and everything that right. came from it and just insanely cool just the whole culture of it right um i ollied once uh, yeah. So yeah it's my history that's my resume <laughs> you did it <laughs> yeah you but it's, yeah i did it and then i quit i retired <laughs> right then and there man but no, the culture of it, um, it's very relaxed, very cool, very, yeah. you know, let's just have Very fun. Southern California. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. So wait, wh- yeah. it was, is Southern California more longboarding? Um, not so much. Okay. I mean, I mean, there's definitely people out there doing it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, skateboarding is a whole extreme sports. It's known for a place that you could go surfing in the morning skate in the afternoon Rocket power. and you can go snowboarding in the, in the evening yeah. and hit the slopes at 4 p.m. Wow. And, uh, like it's just, and it's, there's in the winter time, it's still 70 degrees. You yeah. can still go surfing. <laughs> you can still go skating and you can still go snowboarding. And it's, it's this kind of thing. And, and I, I never really got too into surfing. I did that a little bit. Okay. Um, again, wasn't too great at it. Snowboarding was probably the, the best thing that I was, really? although I wasn't super great. It was just more fun for me. Yeah. Longer runs, longer you know, you can do some whoops and do some, you know, hit the half pipe and. Um, is whoops the technical term? Yeah. The okay. Yeah. Hit, I, was just, go up. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. As soon as you said it, I never heard <laughs> whoops before. Though. That's no, I have no idea if that's the real <laughs> term, but that's what I call them. That's awesome. Man. And uh, yeah. no, it's uh, it's definitely uh, fun culture to grow up in. Yeah, for sure. So uh, why did I mean, was it um, your family just moving back to where your mother grew up? Why did you find yourself in Pittsburgh? And talk a little bit about the shop we're in now, please. Yeah. I want to hear the story behind that. So the move back was uh, we decided to sell the business, and a relationship ended. And with everything that was happening, it was like, well, I could either get an apartment and do, you know, kind of get into the rat race of being in Southern California and getting a job and all this stuff that, like, I didn't really want to do. Like, Or I have this small chunk of money. And my brother was, they wanted to, he was getting married and he wanted to move to New York. Okay. But New York was out of the question because they didn't have enough money to quite yeah. move there. The, we had family in Pittsburgh. And so him and his new wife decided that Pittsburgh was going to be their destination. And they had decided this months in advance. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to move out of the state. I don't really know exactly where I want to go, but I might as well go where my brothers are. And I actually jumped on it and I moved out a month before Oh, my wow. brother did, and uh, and it, it was. I mean, it, it all proved to be the right move. Yeah. And once I got here, I knew a little bit of what I was getting into. I'd come out here probably every year, every other year since I was a kid. So being, you know, in 24, and moving out here, figuring out exactly what I, you know, I, w- I was at a good age. I could still hang out with college kids, and I could still hang out with, you know, people that are in their 30s. I could, I could. Uh, it was really easy to make friends and you know my brother my oldest brother mark he gave me a little bit of a start you know he's like yeah you stay in my basement as long as you want you cool found a job got a bike got an apartment <laughs> within the first week i was like yeah see you later thanks yeah, for your help thanks for the basement <laughs> right <laughs> i'm good yeah and uh and it was uh it was fun it was definitely a good start and yeah. like um pittsburgh was i think the, the family was, was what drew me out here. And once I got here and once I saw, I mean, I went to my first unblurred on Penn Avenue 
after I, I was probably the first month that I had been the screen printing shop that I was working at was on Penn Avenue. They participated in it. And I was like, what is this? And there was so <laughs> much, all the art and all the, like, yeah. I had been to art shows, but nothing that was that organic mm -hmm. and nothing that was like just shop after shop after shop. Yeah. Blocks of, and every business, this, is, this business is a law office, but they move the desks yep. over and they put some art on the wall and they have someone playing jazz and people are <laughs> dancing. And it's like, this is, this is great. Like, I want to be a part of this. I, what could I do that I can, you know, involve myself. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, there's some, some great little venues around there yeah. that people definitely cultivate this, this culture. There's some downtown art crawls and, and, you know, there's, there is a lot of culture here. I don't yeah. think it gets enough respect and it, it, it definitely, um, has heart. Yeah, man. It, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a living thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the culture of Pittsburgh and you, you, hear that word a lot um, yeah you hear like the buzzwords like creative and culture and all that thing right. but it's so um i mean it resonates in the streets especially like you were saying they have i was walking uh, i lived downtown and there was just an art gallery crawl one night and i was like oh yeah. i forgot that was happening i mean right everything they do at the point they have jazz fest just in the middle yeah. of everywhere little italy parties i mean it's <laughs> it's awesome that the city just kind of is a living thing yeah. um and i don't think it gets as much respect as it needs or it deserves because right. you get so many people i mean we've had so many famous people um, leave the city and they're right. still part of it. Yeah. Um, but they leave the city and they become huge out there so that the people like you right now that are still in the city and you yeah. want to do something in the city. Right. Um, I think it's a hot time for that right now. And it's Absolutely. exciting. Absolutely. We have some huge talent. Yeah. Um, you know, musically, I think that there's a lot of musicians that are, that are going to do really good things. Yeah. There's people that have been around for a long time that are going to help propel them, help push them up. Um, there are, uh, I mean, art-wise, there's definitely it, – it, it's about the people in the background yeah. more than anything. And they they give people a platform. They give people a place that they can do it. And there's there's the, these amazing people that love what they do. And because of that, we're all able to grow. Yeah. And if you love what you do and you're behind the scenes and someone else loves what they do and they're, you know, on the in the spotlight – it works t together really well as long as you have everyone kind of working together yeah. and that's what we have here. And that's what we have. I, I feel like that's, that's something that's special. Um, you might go to like a bigger city and there's just so many people trying to break out. Like yeah. when I was in LA, there was so many people that <laughs> moved there to get big. And yep. I'm just like, what are you, it's so much easier to get big in somewhere small. Yep. Um, so you gotta, you, you can, you hear the word LA and you hear like, <laughs> Oh no no! I'm gonna go there. Like I'm gonna be in Hollywood. It's like it's not even, like, yeah, yeah, you can, but man, it's gonna be hard. There's a crowd of you. Yeah, there's a crowd of people doing the exact same ask thing. Ask everybody on your plane where they're going and what they're doing. And you're right. Just, oh man, I, I do want to ask though too. Yeah. Talk a little bit about because um, I mean, if they had a room for people with your experience at your age, you'd be the only person in that room. Like to have this kind of experience working for yourself from the start, yeah. and to be at an age where you now are sitting back appreciating it, but you yeah. still have so many years to go at your craft. I mean, Absolutely. how do you, how do you keep yourself driven, I guess, to be creative and everything? Because you see people that, um, their competition keeps yeah. them creative and you might right. have that, but retrospect, you sat back, you felt like you saw your mistakes, right? You document everything now. And, and how do you keep yourself like I mean, up my, and competitive? My son and, um, my son's my biggest drive. Absolutely. Uh, if I don't work, he doesn't eat. 
Yeah. And so, and I don't eat. And that is, sometimes it's super scary. But I have this business that I made that, and people are so, people love it. Yeah. And it, it, even in hard times when I'm like, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's going to, you know, what's going to happen. It always comes through. And the, the and, it, and it's, it's not just that it comes through, it comes through and it's awesome. Yeah. And that's definitely, that's a big part of it that keeps me going. Um, you know, we have a community. I was able to, you know, I'm able to have people that work for me. Uh, like as a small business owner, you realize that you're really just managing yeah. the money. You're just managing your time. You're just managing stacks of paper and a thing of ink and making sure that it all works out. And the amount that you actually get to take is probably a lot smaller than a lot of people think. Yeah. Your gross and your net, and then what you take is like, you, it's <laughs> like, it's, oh, you own your own business. You must be doing like, really well. Like, uh, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> I have a lot of money to work with. Yes, yes, um, yes. Sometimes, as long as cash flow is good. <laughs> but it, it, being able to work with people who appreciate what you're doing, and then uh, they get to, you know, they're either already a part of the culture or they want to be a part of the culture, and then they, they're able to see exactly how it all works, and they, you know, they might move on to something better. And, you know, it, it's, I, I realized that, you know, in the in small-scale print industry, it's, it's the, the industry is called quick printing. And yeah. it's actually decreasing by 1% or 2% every year. And oh, we've wow. doubled every year. And so to see our, I mean, obviously we're taking a chunk from someone. Yeah. Um, but what we're doing, you know, the people want to be a part of it, whether it's from the customer end or if they want to work with us yeah. and, you know, be here. It, uh, it's, it's definitely... We've created something that, and when I say we, I mean the people that I've done it with. Yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely been something that I've been able to do with a lot of other people, whether they're still here or whether they were here when I first started or, or you know, we get little bits and pieces from everyone. Um, it's been a huge, huge experience to, I mean, that's where the, yeah. drive, that's where the drive comes from. Good. Like that's, know, and it's good to hear that you're, you know, you're a family guy and I'm sure you have that with people that work with you it's, it's oh, a yeah. family that's what we are right um and that's that's something that it's tough to find anymore but when you mm -hmm. find it it's good and mm -hmm. it's, it's good to be a part of it man that's thank that's you funny uh who's your uh, who do you do you listen to podcasts like why'd you start i know you started it to little tell the story yeah. but did yeah. you was there a podcast you listened to there, that you liked there I, i'm not a huge podcast listener it's <laughs> kind of funny i i watch gary v yeah and you know, it's not something where it's like, well, he said to do it, so I had to do it. Um, <laughs> but he did say something really interesting. And, and I had wanted to start a podcast. My friend, uh, Jonathan Wilkes, he out in Southern California, we still talk almost every day. And he's one of my best friends. He is uh, he's a genius. And we he does HR for this giant billion dollar company, which and now he does. Yeah. But yeah. before, I mean, I, I've known him since I was in second grade. So I've. Um, I've seen him develop. I, he's seen me and we've, we've always kind of given each other a little bit of, uh, of respect and our opinions along with it. And so like, I'm able to, to kind of bounce things off of him and he sees, he sees exactly what I'm doing. And, um, I mean, yeah, go, let me see that question again. I'm sorry. No, just saying. I think I got off track. Okay. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast, so him and I were thinking about doing a podcast. So okay. that's where I was going. Sorry. And, uh, and you were right there too. Right. <laughs> exactly. So we want to do a podcast together. It just never really worked out with like technology and him being yeah. far away. And, and w 
you know, we're almost too good of friends that when we get into a conversation, it, it goes into this rabbit hole and yep. it's like not something that other people might want to listen to. A lot of to. inside jokes and a <laughs> lot of past experiences. Right. Yeah. But seeing Gary Vee and seeing what he's doing, he did say, he, he said something that stuck out and he's like, don't listen to what I'm saying, watch what I'm doing Yeah. and the way that I do it. And when I, when I created the business, um, like I knew the arbitrage behind social media yeah. and I remember what we did with no division and how big we got on MySpace, and I saw Instagram and 70% of my first year's business came from Instagram, wow. which counted for over 20 grand worth of work yeah. got from Instagram. The rest was Jeez. either word of mouth or it was, you know, referrals or it was repeat customers. And yeah. once I had a customer, the chances of them being repeat was super high. Oh yeah. And oh, I can imagine in this like, industry that if someone gets something they really love, right. like, oh, I need more business cards, I'll go back over to Josh right. and get business cards. Exactly. Like so we're able to retain and uh, and seeing what we did, I mean, it's, it's really easy. Instagram and Twitter are some of the only platforms that let you interact back with your customer base mm -hmm. and be a part of the community. Facebook doesn't let you do that at all. Yeah. Um, so if you can take that and you follow a set of people and then you like their photos regularly they get to know you and there's this feeling of familiarity that they you know once you once once they see your pictures and they see you know i'd post pictures of my kid and i'd post pictures of you know him with uh you know mm -hmm. sitting on a stack of paper or, or him sitting on the copier and it would just be it'd be fun and people definitely felt like they were getting to know us and they were yeah and i mean there's I mean, you could watch reality TV, and in a sense, you feel like you know them. Yeah, you're you know? part of that group there's, of family. There, so there's this kind of phenomenon that kind of goes on where if, if you put yourself in front of the camera enough, mm -hmm. and if you, it, you, but you have to be, you have to engage. Yeah. So it's not just putting out content, putting out content, putting out content. That's, that's not enough. I mean, people will see that, and it's good. You should do that, but you need to interact as well. Yep. So whether it's, you know, finding a hashtag or finding a location, when I moved to Lawrenceville, I started liking photos in Lawrenceville every day, every week, every month. I'd go on and I'd s find all the po posts that were made in, in Lawrenceville, Lawrenceville, follow all those people, like all their pictures. Yep. And it's somewhat, sometimes it seems monotonous, but you have to care about your crowd. Yeah. You have to care about the people that you want to work with and figure out exactly who it is you want to work with and why. And so if, you know, a suggestion I have for people that are out there is just like don't stop like you could be doing your business for 20 years don't stop don't don't get comfortable don't yeah. don't think that you're like all right cool i'm there like, yeah maybe you maybe you're there maybe you're growing but how much more can you grow yeah. and there's someone out there that's working trying just, yeah, to just as hard if not harder right it's right behind you exactly no, i agree man. so the fact that we were able to grow we've doubled in size every year and the way that we've been able to do that is because we have been aggressive and we have been um, assertive, who is probably a better word, where we are communicating to our market most of the time for free, Yeah. you know, uh, just at the cost. And I mean, my friends see it and, um, you know, when I'm not here, when I'm not working, I'm on my phone and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing yep. that thing and I'm following <laughs> and I'm unfollowing and I'm. You know, I'm trying to make sure that people know exactly who we are because once they do and they come in and we get to know them, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No. No, man, I agree. That's awesome. And I think that 
I mean, everything you've been saying basically resonates back to work with good people and do good work, and you're going to be That's a great it. success. And and I agree, man. I, I haven't Thank checked you. out too much of Gary Vee's stuff. Okay. But he said something today. Yeah. I saw like a post or something that this kid wrote under one of his pictures. The kid's like, "Hey, like I'm I'm 15. I want to resell shoes. How do I convince my dad? Like, what do I say to convince my dad that I can sell these shoes?" And Gary wrote back, "Do you need his permission? Yeah. Just sell the shoes." He said, "I think it was execute." instead of communicate or something like that. And mm-hmm. it was just like, it's just a different way to see the world mm-hmm. where I'm like, all right, like I want to do this thing. All right. Uh, who do, what do I have to do? And he's just saying, well, why don't you just go do it? Right. And I was like, wow, that, yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason and, I started the podcast. It's right. just like, might as well start it now. Today's a good a day as any day. So exactly. <laughs> Execution is by far the biggest thing. And, and that was something that was, and, and you hear it here a little bit too, but in Southern California, everyone wanted either a clothing company or a record label. Everyone was <laughs> about to do something. Yeah. And uh, being the t-shirt guy, I was, if you were actually doing it, you, you were coming to me and getting yeah. t-shirts for it. Uh, but it, it, people would look up to me and be like, Oh, you're, you're doing it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you just gotta do it. Just do it. Just go <laughs> do it's the not thing. not that hard, man. <laughs> right. Like put your effort in. And even if you work, like I, I was working the first two years, year and a half before I even started in my garage where I was collecting stuff, you know, to put in my house and figuring out how to do it. And while I'm, while someone else is teaching yeah. me, I'm still like kind of doing it for myself on the side, doing it for some friends, doing it. And then like, th- there's no reason you should be complacent and say, Oh, I have a job. Yeah. yeah. You know, and which is what you did. You, you, you work, you work hard. You had some money in your extra paycheck and you said, I'm going to go get this equipment. This is something I've been wanting to do and I'm going to go do it. So you got to execute. Yeah. So let me flip this over a little bit and ask some questions for you. So your podcast, you're talking about sports. Mm -hmm. You have, you have guests on and typically you ask them, you know, how did sports influence you getting into what you do now, whatever. And, um, and then you go beyond that. So, what what are some of the challenges? I mean, I know you're you're not years into your podcast, yeah. but you you've been doing it for a little while. You know what are what are some things that you've done that you're like, oh, I could have done that better, or you, you yeah, you, uh, <laughs> everything <laughs> is where I'll start. No, I mean it's 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 so funny because when I start talking to people about um, the podcast and what it is, I I don't think I have enough time to describe what I want from it. Yeah. Um, so like the interviews that I've had on yeah. keep Pittsburgh dope, Chance Humphrey, um, Mars, Max flick. Um, yeah. and we have some more planning, cool. but the biggest thing about it is that I spend three weeks of the month just sitting with my buddy Greg and we just talk about sports topics. Yeah. And then the interviews the, the, I think the toughest thing about doing it is one, just getting people that, um, are making a difference in Pittsburgh yep. and why sports made them who they are like not Mm -hmm. even just made them but yeah i want people that are athletes that are doing something creative now and not playing the sport because a lot of people think um like i played college soccer and i I still play pickup here and there but i know my college soccer career is over right but (laughs) like i'm okay with that (laughs) but you get so many people that are just like all right well my life's over with sports now and i'm like no because sports and athletics and and every aspect of it is just a mindset Right. Um, so the, one of the challenges is just finding the right people to fit into it. Um, yeah. Another one that I, I know I can always do better is we do a lot of like Greg and I will sit down and have a little half hour production meeting beforehand. Um, but we try to find ways to make people that don't like sports want to listen to the podcast. Hmm. Um, so 
with so I write blogs on Thoughts on the Bench, and we have a full crew right now doing WWE uh, and foreign wrestling. Like four guys that. Okay. Um, shout out to Josh, Anastasia, John, and Greg. They literally are all amazing people, videographers, blog writers, on camera talent that were just you know they're amazingly talented at wanting to watch wrestling, and they said we want to do this, and yeah. I've known them for a long time, and so I was cool. like, yeah, please do it under under the brand. I think. Um, for the company or whatever it is, the toughest thing is to find people that want to do this for free for fun because there's right. no benefit. It's just about what you want to do. Right. Um, and on the podcast, it's just you'll find some daily little challenges, but I'm trying to find a way to make like my girlfriend want to listen to it more than just yeah. because um, I'm dating her. Like I want it to be yeah. like, oh, I listen to it. And oh, like it's not about the stat line from last night. Right. It's about explaining to people. Um, certain situations in sports, like a lot of we do now is NBA driven mm. and we don't go back and say, all right, the Lakers did this, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about, you know, um, why Russ and KD had such a falling out, like things like that. that mm -hmm. And that's where I want to go with the writing of it too, is I had people that want to do baseball and I say, you know, I, I don't want like you to go to the game and give me a stat line. I want you to, to pick something in the game that you like, right. that you saw, like, tell me why the pitcher's in a slump. Like what, what is that going on? And I think there's a huge market to have people understand sports that don't like sports. Uh -huh. And I think it's a, it's a cool little fun thing. Cause I, I found myself doing it at the bar for five years. I would yeah. be sitting at the bar and somebody would say something about what's on TV and I'd start talking to them. Right. Um, it's very mm. just kind of blue collar talking about what's on TV. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun, man. It's, and as you can see from your podcast, I'm sure I just, it's fun. It's Absolutely. just a good time. Absolutely. No, that's great. Uh, what, so what, What's one of the big things that you learned from like a coach or from uh, someone you looked up to when you were doing sports? What's, you know, what, what drove you, made you, you know, want to do it, want to do better, want to do? I was always a pretty uh, laid back. Like I was never like the cutthroat athlete. Yeah, like yeah. I knew how good I was and I knew that what to do to get better. Um, but I was always very easy going with it. But I was, I think it was about 12 and we were at an indoor soccer Mm. Um, tournament. I used to play for a club called Northern Steel Soccer. Okay. And uh, we were bad. It was, <laughs> it was really bad. Um, but our coach basically was talking about how I used to drive an hour north to, for practice. And yeah. so um, one night there was a big snowstorm. And so practice wasn't canceled. But I, my parents said, we're not driving an hour in this. And the coach said, that's fine. And we got to the game on the weekend. And I guess no one had showed up to the practice. And some of the guys lived five, ten minutes from the facility. So the coach was basically like, you know, guys, like some of the guys that are farther away, I understand. Like, uh, you're not off the hook, but I understand. And he said, how many of you guys went to a friend's house or did something fun? And everyone had left their house and just didn't go to soccer. And, right. and he said, you know what, guys? Um, he was just talking about when I used to, he, used to, he was from England. And when he used to want to play soccer, he had to do his work. He had to do his school things. And it's the quote he said was, do what you have to do to do what you love to do. Yeah. And that stuck with me so hard because it's not that I mm. – I don't didn't love so like I loved so many things growing up, but it's you do what you have to do to right. do what you love to do. Absolutely. Um, I think that's the thing that resonated. That was like my MySpace caption for like 10 <laughs> years underneath <laughs> it. But that by far is something that I've lived my life by um, because you have to. I mean, there are things that are there's things that suck. There's things right. that I, I mean, I'm, you work at a print shop and I'm sure there's parts of it that you're like, I don't really want to do that. Right. Um, but you have to do it to do what you love to do, man. I can't say it enough. It's It's been my favorite quote forever. Awesome. People see us with these fancy printers. We're like, we just have bigger printer, 
We have bigger printers. We got bigger printer problems. Bigger printer problems. <laughs> and they're more expensive to fix. Yep. And they when they go down, it's not fun. Yep. Um, so it's the same thing. You got a big boat. You got a bigger boat to fix. Yep. Uh, bigger car. You know, same thing. But uh, no, it's uh, yeah. I, I I see it. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is. I mean, I had always liked to do a good day's work more mm-hmm. than and i, I enjoy that like I, during the day i do a lot of building supply sales okay um great company i love what i do but i miss the restaurant industry so much because mm-hmm. it was all right i'm there at 4:45. i'm gonna bust my hump until it's 11 and i go home yeah um i really miss that aspect of it like you were talking about how much fun it is to do something right because um, if you if you do well and i never serve it i would bartend and i would talk to people and they'd be like oh this was great like thank you so right. much I'm right. like, I did a good service. Yeah. Um, you find a lot of times mm-hmm. with other jobs now, it's like, yeah, you know, with sales, you obviously have an end game of sale. Yeah. Um, but it's a little less rewarding when the benefit is like four months down the road. Right. Whereas like someone comes in, I'm like, I get them a drink. We talk. All right. Boom. Instant gratification. Right. Um, so I, I think I've been looking for that in every aspect of it at this gotcha. point. So I would say to you, uh, just, just learn to love the process. Yeah. Set goals every day rather than the long term yeah and then you know when you hit those that's your instant gratification true you know what i mean yeah no that's a good way i mean i need to do that with with thoughts on the bench of the podcast as well because yep. there's a lot of things that i'd be like all right i know i'm interviewing um person x three months from now i'm like right. but i should be leading up to what i want to do and things right. like that there right. was i i do i'm gonna have chance back on because he was the first interview I ever did okay and i did it by the seat of my pants and it went very well but it was <laughs> yeah. just like man like i could have done so much different right. with what he said Right. And like going into what he said. Um, so you're always learning. And I think setting goals is, I mean, that's something I definitely need to just do. Absolutely. And uh, execute. Absolutely. <laughs> that's good. Um, so what would you say the future holds for you? Uh, that's a good question, man. You know, yeah. I don't know because I've been in Pittsburgh my whole life. There's always that, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> that thing in the back of your head that you want to go away and come back. Um, <laughs> my biggest... I hear that a lot about Pittsburgh. Yeah, everyone wants to go away, <laughs> then come back and have kids. Because um, <laughs> I want to live for the rest of my life, but I also don't want to be uh, in that, just like in that area for the rest. Like you always want to say, I just want to see what that place is like. Right. Um, and my girlfriend and I travel a lot just for fun. So cool. I, I'm getting like that itch scratched a little bit. Yeah. Um, but now I, I think that with the future, uh, for Thoughts on the Bench right now, what I've been trying yeah. to do is find um, a group of friends or guys that love one sport um so like with the wrestling i got four guys and they have their own schedule and this is their company they are thoughts on the bench wrestling um i found a couple guys for soccer for basketball i'm gonna get football and the biggest thing is i just i'm trying to create um just a culture of guys that want to do this for fun yeah and and see where it goes because we have no idea where it could go right now right um the end game originally when i first started the podcast was i said i want to get a sponsor so that i can get a case of beer (laughs) <laughs> for the podcast okay um because if i don't know if you listen or not but we always say three two one action and crack the beer yeah. and then if you open a beer during the podcast you have to say a movie quote that everyone has to guess um uh-huh. and it's just little fun things like that that i know that that's what keeps me going too like we don't really have too many segments right we do do something um trademark pending called draft day which is whenever <laughs> i do an interview um, Greg and I then spend that week, we'll do three drafts. So okay. what we did in the restaurant industry is like, we'd be bored. So me and this one guy, Seckley, would just be like, all right, let's draft top five point guards all time, you versus me, like bang, bang. And it got to the point where everyone in the restaurant wanted to do it, but not everyone knew sports. So we one time did best movies all time, 
we did the entire alphabet. The movie had to start with A, B, C, D, E. So we'll do that, which is fun. And I want to keep that up. And eventually he, cool. we kind of want to start some kind of podcast with just that concept, which I think would be fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, man. I, the future of everything that I'm doing, I just want to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I don't know where it is right now, and I have a couple goals that I know personally. But as of right now, I just want to, to keep doing it. Cool. So, Love it. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's funny because you look at, like, with, with your podcast and all the people yeah. you have coming on and everything. And, yeah. and I hope to get to a level where it's like – because the, the Facebook group you have with it, that's genius. Because <laughs> right now I'm on I'm – like, there's, like, a marker board next to my fridge that I just have things written down on. Right. And I, my girlfriend decides to delete them all and wipe it away for some <laughs> reason. Um, but it would be you a good end. <laughs> oh, what's this important thing? Swipe. <laughs> um, but I think another goal would just be to get a little more organized with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll definitely be hitting you up with – some information on how to do that later on yeah <laughs> the thing and i was talking to a friend about this and he's like there's just not enough time he's an entrepreneur he's like there's not enough time and i'm like um I'm like yeah well the way the way that it works with uh once if you work for yourself is you you work you work yourself basically to near death <laughs> and then you figure out you don't want to do that so you figure out what you can cut yeah. And what you don't have yeah. to do and what you could do better or faster and you, you get better. And so what you can do in 80 hours becomes what you can do in 60 hours. And then once you build that back up into 80 hours worth of work, because hopefully you do a good job at what you do and then you have more work to do and you just build and build and build. At some point you need someone to come and help you. And, um, you know, and, and luckily we've built to a point where we, we can, have help and yeah. and there's there's enough wheels turning that it's, it's consistent but with uh, with the podcast so people watching they have no idea to clue them in i made a secret group and i invited all the people yeah, that i, I wanted to no nah, it's cool okay. it's cool so it's okay they, the can't, find society, they yeah. can't find it and uh so you have to be invited i invited about 150 people and then i you know i post up a schedule and people will leave comments on it when they want to fill the dates then they put them in and so I have a whole month and it's all booked out. So I, right now I'm about mid-March, uh, which is uh, about a, a whole month away. Yeah. And uh, and the reason I organized it that way is at first I was trying to text message and then I was keeping a note and then I had, and I, I, I very quickly realized, I think I was about two weeks in and I was just like, this is not going to work. <laughs> um, I'm never going to keep track. I have <laughs> way too much going on. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm at the point where like I, I could have a secretary I could have and I don't and so I'm like people send me text messages asking He's me questions hiring, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> someday 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 soon yeah good. Um, but it was just like well I could do this and that would solve this problem yeah. so you you become a problem solver once you once you get to that point where you're just like there's there's no way I could do this unless so, something's got to give yeah. and then you and then you figure out that thing so, I mean, as an op- entrepreneur, you're constantly trying to make yourself better. You're yeah. constantly trying to, f- to outsmart yourself. And your and competition is yourself at that point. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have this little secret group and then people invite them. So like, I'll ask you later, Hey man, do you have anyone that you would invite you? You would like to see on my podcast. So people that have been on it or people that I've invited, they can add other people oh, too. Okay. So 
and that's uh, kind of grows and grows and grows, yeah, and then cool. there's always new people. And that's and good because that gets you more content for everything. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing, so like <laughs> they don't know that they're inviting their friends in for your, the, your right. content. But no, that's 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 what I need to get better at myself. And I know that is I've never been a great organizer. Yeah. Um. So whenever I saw that, I was like, oh, that's that's a great idea. Cool. So, well, one thing you'll see with uh, with entrepreneurs is once you once you figure something out, you want to share it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've had a lot of mentors in my life and with with business. I've had people that have given me. Uh, I mean, so much. I mean, you have people that have 10, 20, 30 years of experience and they just n give you a nugget, yeah. you know, of they can sum it all up into one sentence and say, do this thing. Um, you know, my my friend Daniel Verdugo, he had a, a, a newspaper shop. Uh, newspaper facility gigantic this thing is the size of a train um, and you know he let us when we had the magazine he let us print our magazine on wow. it and uh, and he was he liked us because he started when he was young and he 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 was in his mid-20s and he was doing really well and he was um, you know he liked to see what we were doing and he gave us a shot at like you know working with us and i talked to this guy for like an hour on the <laughs> phone he's just like i want to hear about what you're doing and i want to hear about you know I, and it was it was i didn't know what i was i was 18 19 20 yeah. and i had this guy that was you know only a few years older than me but millions of dollars more yeah and he had gotten there and he figured it out and he wanted to share that and wow. The, it, you're you're almost when you get when you're given something like that you are obligated yeah to give that back so when i have someone and i see potential in them and i want to work with them and i want to see them do well i'm obligated to yeah. to make sure that they have everything i can give them and so that they could hopefully do it right and i want to see them do well it, it, it's you'd be amazed how many other entrepreneurs want to see people do well yeah. even if it's in their own field and and it's it's a uh, once you're in once you're able to execute and you're starting and you're doing your thing and 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 that's the biggest thing that that proven entrepreneurs want to see anyone has ideas yeah. great ideas thanks <laughs> but if you're doing it even if you're doing it bad if you're doing it at least you're showing that you have some sort of drive and that you have and especially when you fail and you fail and you fail and you fail and you have someone and they, they okay i see you failing i see you i see you trying now try this now try this yeah. that's it and if if you have that where you can keep pushing then i mean there's eventually going to be a direction where you're able to put that and it's going to go yeah. so and and going off of that i think it's funny to see uh, and i'm sure you get this every once in a while but i always i'll get like a text from someone or mm -hmm. i had um like my cousin his one of his best friends from high school joined the Air Force, and mm -hmm. I, I think he lives out in uh, Tennessee or something now, but he texted sure. me one night, sent me a video clip, um, and he was basically like, hey, man, I just want to let you know, like, I, I love what you're doing, and, yeah. you know, because you're kind of doing that, um, he's like, I did a stand-up show the other night at an yeah. open mic, like, mm -hmm. I wanted to send you the video. I was like, no way, like, the kid yeah. is funny, right, and right. so he went up on stage and did a stand-up, and he's like, you know, I just wanted to say, like, it's really cool that you just started your podcast and your videos, and so I said, screw it, I'm going to start comedy. Right. I was like, no, man, like... To see that is unbelievable. Absolutely, there's a ripple effect, and I still get people, you know, oh, you're doing what you're doing, you love what you're doing, you're, you know, uh, and it's like, it's like, yeah, thank you, like, yeah. like yeah. I, I, I can't, I, I feel like I can't take that much credit because 
it's it's not just me. Like I have I have an idea and I execute. Yep. And I go and I fail and I go again and I fail and then I go again and I do good. I do good, 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 fail, good. <laughs> like it's not all perfect. Yeah. Um, but the rate of success has to be higher than your rate of failure. Yeah. And once you get to a point, you know, you you have to say thank you. Of course, like thank you. I appreciate the yep. support. I, I appreciate <laughs> um, people reaching out. Oh, oh dude, you're doing this. Uh, but it's. I wouldn't say it's all luck. I mean, yeah. it definitely has some luck. And, but if, I mean, if you try enough times, you're eventually going to get there. Yeah. It, it was funny the other night. Uh, <laughs> I was out just at a bar and um, I'd ran into a couple girls from the Point Park soccer team when I was there. Cool. And the one was like, we were just talking about you earlier tonight. And I said, oh, what about? She's like, oh, it was uh, between you and then my old roommate, Dom. She yeah. said, well, Dom's getting married. He's having a kid and you have a podcast. I was like, those... <laughs> <laughs> those aren't a correlated thing i hope you are just are you being sarcastic she's like no it's just so cool i said i found out how to use the internet it's not the same as starting a family but i appreciate that um but it's just funny because like people that i haven't talked to in a couple years right uh, i had a buddy move to manhattan for work and he texted me one day and he was like i just saw your mock because we put out a mock draft for the nfl already yeah. and he said saw that and, and you're an idiot and i was like well thank you for listening and watching josh i appreciate that <laughs> but the people that just like check it out um yeah the people that i would never expect to to watch the videos you get people come up or text me and be like hey watch this i saw this and nine times out of ten it's not even like great job it's i saw this here's my thought on it Right. on what you said about like I had a Super Bowl I did Deeks Pickums which is I just pick the games each week yeah. and the amount of times that I'd get people texting me after NFL Sunday right. and be like oh you're an idiot you missed all the picks I'm like where were you Thursday Friday Saturday <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's I started carrying myself a little bit more professionally with everything because right. first I, I run the Instagram and Facebook and I would just post like different things and this and that nothing bad nothing vulgar but just I wouldn't put too much thought into if I did right. Right. Um, and now I'm like all right I don't know who's watching it. Um, so let's mm. put out something fun. Let's put out something mm -hmm. that I think maybe this demographic would like. Right. And let's see if it hits. And it, it has. And it's been it's been interesting to see the people that um, just be like, hey, I, I listened to that thing. Like, how do I get involved? Right. It's been really cool. Cool. Love it. What's your favorite sport, um, type of sport, team, and athlete? <sighs> so I always has been soccer for me growing up. Okay. Um, but so if I was going to soccer out, it's Manchester United. Yeah. And then my favorite soccer player, um, that's a tough question. Right now playing, yeah, I, I love Paul Pogba. He's a man United. He's just so creative and good. But overall time, it's probably Ronaldinho. Um, but to go off the sport that I didn't play that I like the most is definitely basketball. Okay. Um, I've been a Lakers fan since seventh grade and actually – yeah, it's it's dude. We that's why we went to LA. And okay. Haley, my girlfriend, every Christmas gets me yeah. tickets to a game, nice. and then we split it. So we saw Kobe's last game against LeBron. Mm. We went to Madison Square Garden. We went to DC last year, and this year we went out to LA. Yeah. Um, and then Kobe by far is he's my favorite basketball player. His nice. um, I've bought every book that's been about his mentality, and I've watched yeah. Muse like forty thousand times. <laughs> um, just the the thought process and drive and the stories about that guy is yeah, it's literally one of the biggest inspirations for me as well. Because you just look at it and you're like, how can that guy right. that was born the same way as me <laughs> think that way, and I right. think this way, and it's yeah. it's very. That's why I like athletics so much. Is you right. got the guys like even not the big name guys, but right. I love the the undrafted walk on story of the guy that then ends up like Case Keenum in, in the Vikings this past year. Like mm -hmm. nobody wanted him. He was very bad with his previous coaches, and then leads the team almost to a Super Bowl. Like it's it's yep. 
nowhere else in the world can you see that on that stage. Mm. Um, so I'm going to, yeah, basketball Lakers Kobe. All right. What about yourself? Well, um, so basketball has a special place in my heart. Uh, growing up, uh, basketball was always something that was – I think I enjoyed it the most. Yeah. I haven't watched it as much since I moved to Pittsburgh because there's no basketball that here. Is a, that's why I was a Lakers yeah. fan. It's because right. Kobe was hot yeah. when I was around right. then. And then it's, no, but Lakers fan. Here. Lakers, that's how, that's <laughs> how I grew up, Lakers. And um, and we were, like, since my family was from Pittsburgh, like, we always, I grew up and we would have Steelers t-shirts yep. and Pirates t-shirts and Penguins t-shirts and, and um, like, jerseys and all, all that stuff as, as gifts. And, you know, my older siblings, they'd watch the games and I'd be there and, oh, cool. Yeah. But I never really got into it. Um, baseball, though, th- it always just had kind of like it, ha- it, it has more heart. Yeah. Like there's there's definitely that's very true. More of a storyline. And and there's a lot more of an underdog kind of thing. So much history. And, and the, the, the history. And, the, and and so the Pirates are I was always interested in the Pirates. And uh, and when I came out here. It was the, the bigger driving force was the fact that I can go and get tickets for 10 bucks. Yeah. And, and you still can if you, you know, you got to the right street corner, you got a couple bucks in your pocket, you can yep. get in. And so I, here I was, uh, full time stay at home dad. I was starting the business, but I didn't have work every day. Yeah. And there were pirates games going on. And so, I mean, my, my son, he's three years old. He's been to 38 games. Wow. That's just pirates games. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So he's a fan. He loves going to the games. He loves like he's he went to. I, I mean, yeah, he went to a, a few games this last this past season. But I mean, we we used to go a lot. Who's his favorite um, player on the Pirates? Does he have one? I mean, he doesn't really have young, one. He so. doesn't really have one yet. Yeah. Um, I taught him to say Jay Hay all day. So he, he'll scream <laughs> that. And I love. And he's probably he's probably my favorite favorite Pirate. Yeah. Uh, just because his story. Actually, I saw his. Um, I saw the interview, like the the Root Sports like documentary, because yep. they picked the players, and I saw I, I went to a Cincinnati game a couple of years back. Um, their home opener was before ours, mm-hmm. so I went and saw the home opener there. Oh wow! And uh, playing against the Pirates, and it's it a beautiful park by the way, yeah, Cincinnati's absolutely. And uh, and I saw I recognized his dad, uh, really just walking around. Wow! And I I told um, the girl I was with I was like, hey, that's a Jay, his dad. And she's like, are you just saying that? Like, does he just look familiar? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like no, no. Like, I'm watching the thing. And I'm like, watch. And I'm like, hey, Vincent. And he, like, turned around. And I was like, and I shook his hand. And that was the day that he got signed. Oh, the wow. Day, the day Jay got signed as a pro. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, just want to say congratulations. Like, and, That's so awesome. Um, and the, the thing that always struck me is, like, for him as, as a dad, he's if, – if his kid's playing third base, he's, he's third base. And he's up. Yep. Up a few seats, and if he's, if he's playing first base, he's he's off the first baseline and up a few seats. <laughs> That'd be tough and for like, a guy like Jay who does play every position. Right, <laughs> like you can't get season tickets. You gotta <laughs> wait till game day and then head over there. Right, <laughs> but he's. It, it, I mean, this guy he can you know his kid will put him in a box if yeah. he wants you know, yeah. and he doesn't. He wants to support his kid. He wants to to be there. And and I I was like, I saw that, and I and I I I was like. Like that's that's the heart of baseball. Yeah. There's those stories, and and that's what makes people great. And he, he has that drive. He's shorter. He's, you know, he's always, you know, he's had his own challenges growing up. And, oh yeah. And he fought through that and became a pro, and like like hey, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know when you have when you have challenges, you have setbacks, you have handicaps, and and you're able to move forward. Like that's something that I want to see more. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that, uh, again, I'll say it, you won't find that like anywhere else in the world. So that's mm-hmm. why sports is such a, a place in my heart. Because there's like, I mean, or we're not going to be talking about CEOs of Apple the same way we talk about first baseman <laughs> for the Pirates. It's just a different, <laughs> it's a different realm. Man. Right. And that's why, I mean, that's, that's why I love telling former athletes and current athletes stories because mm-hmm. you get to the point where it's like, yeah, you know, we're talking to this guy who played this sport and it's, it's never about their career as a player. It's about their story and how that was a piece of it, a piece of who they are. Right. Um, so now I'm in and I, I'll, I'll need to get someone from baseball on the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I love going, but I'm not a big baseball guy. Okay. Um, I love, I love the game as much as I love the ballpark food. Okay. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and I no, I love the game, but I love the ballpark too. <laughs> so it's a, it's, That's awesome. it's a great time because you get to have both of them. Yep. And my kids there, and we're watching games. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah. Anything else you got for me, question-wise? Um, my last question is, yeah. how can we how can we find your podcast? Ah. Give me all the links. Uh-huh. Give me all the. So it's it is two beers deep on um, on iTunes on SoundCloud as well. Cool. Um, Number two or, le- or spelled uh, out. spelled out T W O beers deep. Yeah, the logo is it's kind of like an eight bit looking, just two mugs of beer. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it, Cody made it for me one day, and I was Sweet. like, yeah, that's cool. And I'm gonna need some stickers of it, so we'll talk oh, after. We got this. you. Um, me personally is at Deke Whiten uh, D E K E W H I T E N on Instagram and Twitter. Cool. Um, thoughts from the bench is on Instagram as thoughts, um, FTB. And then on Facebook, there are thoughts on the bench as well. Um, and then we have a YouTube account where a lot of the videos are, I I know I did my pick'em videos and it's just thoughts on the bench on there as well. Um, and then www.thoughtsonthebench is our our website where we host all of the articles I've written, um, as well as we have two guest articles. And that's another thing I I always tell people, if anybody wants to write an article or do something, just let me know. I mean, it's on there, but everything's on the site. So that's the best way to find it. But, um, and where can everybody find all your stuff for when I share this? Yeah. Um, so my personal, uh, Instagram, Josh at, or sorry, Josh Snyder. That would have been impressive. Josh at Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) Um, at Josh Snyder, 86, uh, Snyder with an I. And, uh, you could definitely follow just kind of like the personal, everything that's going on in my life. I try to post a lot of stories and stuff. So if you're there on the 24 hour mm-hmm. thing, you can kind of get a little glimpse on what's going on. It's a lot of print stuff, but um, try to keep it personal. And then uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram for the print shop. Uh, just type in uh, Flower City Printmakers. And uh, Flower City, it, we're located in Bloomfield, which originally was just a field of blooms. And so oh, it really? was a flower, it was a I city of flowers. That. Yeah. And it's kind of on this hillside, hilltop, and um, there was this mural that was on the Bloomfield Bridge Tavern for a lot of years that got painted over, and uh, and they had it was an Andy Warhol thing. Wow. Uh, he didn't, I don't think he painted it, but, but it was it was themed, yeah. and it it had the letters Bloomfield in every potted plant, <laughs> and so we tried to like kind of take the colors and the font and kind of put that in there. So Flower City Printmakers yeah, um, has kind of a ring to awesome. it. We're hoping that we could open up some other stores at someday. They would be printmakers locations that they'd have a play on words for their, you know, yeah, prefix for the different area of it. So, um, Instagram is Flower City Printmakers. If you find us on Facebook, just type in Flower City Printmakers. Uh, on Twitter, it was too long, so it's, <laughs> it's PGH Printmakers, yeah. and uh, and that'll just be the umbrella for when we get more uh, locations, hopefully. So, uh, that's that's pretty much it. Thanks for watching. This has been thoughtful discussions and two beers deep.
That's awesome. Uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, and uh, tune in next week. Thank you again, man. Yeah, absolutely.